0: But uh, yeah, my name is uh, Kyle and I'm very uh, glad and proud to be bringing you the last message of 2023. It is the last day of 2023, which seems a little bit like insane. Um, I understand that time is quite predictable and it keeps moving like it does its thing all the time. But it's also very startling at the same time. Like it felt like it was only just last year we were here a year ago. Um, it's just nuts. Like 2024 is just just tomorrow. And then the whole next year begins and then soon it will be February and then soon you'll be like, oh, oh, you know, it's July already. What are we doing? So, yes, time just keeps ticking away. But uh, somehow the the end of the year, as it rolls around, uh, it seems to bring like this mixture of, of pride. Uh, and also, sadly, sometimes this this sorrow and remorse that, that comes with it. I, I think we just can't help it. We We tend to look back at how far we've come. And at the same time, we tend to look back and we feel this sort of little sense of, Regret, maybe, for all the things that have been left undone. Um, at time is this this currency that we have, but we never can accumulate it. We only just seem to be able to spend it and spend it. Um, and a, a fun thing that happens at the end of the year is that all of your devices and your apps and all that will give you like a year in review. Um, uh, like uh, they'll tell you the things that you did that year. Like Facebook will give you like this roundup of all your your pictures. Uh, and all the things that you wish weren't online anymore. Um, it shows you all your photos and events and all the parties that you clicked maybe and didn't go to. Um, for better or for worse, Kindle will give you like a year in review and it tells you all the book that you've read. Um, and then my crowd favorite is the Spotify uh, year, the year in review as well. It wrapped and it shows you all the music that you listen to. And not the music that you thought you listened to a lot of. Usually, it's all like show tunes, and you're like, "Oh, I didn't realize I listened to that much Frozen." Again, uh, but we managed. Um, I was pretty impressed with our, our, my, my Spotify and Apple Music rap thing. Like, it came to a grand total of uh, seventy four thousand minutes listened, and so I was feeling pretty like happy that like I'd ingested that much music. And then um, I chatted to one of our young adults, and hers was 194,000 minutes listened for the year. Uh, So it turns out I got a lot more listening to do next year. Um, Beamit, the, the money transferring app, for whatever reason, that does a year in review if you're interested. Um, I looked at mine and it's all just little transfers of like $17 to pasta Sharon and pasta penin uh, because we go out for lunch every now and again and a lot of the shops only take cash and I don't carry cash and so all of mine just says for food, for food, for food. Uh, So that's my my beam at year in review which is pretty exciting. Um, I'm pretty happy that there are some apps and devices and things that don't give you years in review like my fridge doesn't tell me how many times I opened it. Like uh my couch doesn't tell me how many minutes sat, which is really good, but the indentation does give me a clue. Uh so I'm I'm happy like there's some things that just stay private. Um but I, I think another another fun thing sort of looking back over the year is like I love New Year's resolutions. Uh, and so I love setting New Year's resolutions. Um, and I'm a, a big fan of them, and I usually write a list on my phone each year of, of things that I want to achieve. And lately, I've retooled it to be more of like New Year's directions, um, so that way if I don't meet them, at least I went in that direction, and it feels a lot more encouraging to get to the end of the year and be like, yes, I did think about eating healthier this year, and that was my goal. Um, and so, like, what direction do I want to be moving into as the New Year goes along? Um And so I've actually went through my notes app and I I found some of the resolutions that I made over the years. So here's a a sneak preview of some of my new year's resolutions. So 2018, no soft food, soda, energy drinks, read at least one book a month, exercise three times a week, (laughs) run 10Ks without stopping, don't get sunburned. I did that. 2018 was a good year. I did that. Uh, Read through the Gospels and Romans and also a lesser goal was to buy a surfboard. Uh, I didn't do that. And also I'm glad I didn't. Uh, I think this one was 2021, Uh, do one 10k run every three months, which is ridiculous, nobody does that, Uh, exercise arms as many days as possible, so I think this counts, Um, bench press 80 kgs obviously, yeah, Uh, drink two litres of water every day, read two books a month, Uh, so I've I've gone up from one book to two books, read through the whole Bible, so I've gone up from the Gospels and Romans to the whole Bible, have a no phone day every month and buy a pair of Jordan off whites. I didn't. So, obviously, all the impressive ones I did, and all the silly spending ones I didn't do. Um, And so, as I was scrolling through my notes app, I also realized that I take a lot of notes that don't have any context at all. Uh, And so, like, I was looking through them, and I was like, Ultimate Frisbee with a squid. I was like, that was like 2017. I was like, I don't know what that means. Or, I always feel like I should have guessed the promo codes to get a discount when online shopping. Like the promo code is always like save twenty, but you never know that. Uh, and also, Space Jam is actually a golf movie, so that's probably my hot take. Uh, go through your notes apps and see what's in there. I've got a lot of stuff that just doesn't make any sense. Um, it's uh, I'm a big fan of keeping like photos and, and videos and all that thing on my phone. And with pictures and, and videos, you've got context. But with uh, with these things, it does. I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry, but there, there, there. Um, so I think it's really cool to be able to look back over the years and sort of see what has happened because there is just like so much that we forget as time goes on. So much that has happened, and it really helps us to take stock as we look back. Um, but there's one thing that I guess the apps and the devices and the, the year in review and the reps can't do for that. Um, and that is they can't provide perspective on how we look at the year. And they can't provide wisdom on how we step into the next year. And fortunately for us, there is a thing that we can go to time and time again. It is not Facebook, but it is the book. Um, And that is we can step into the Bible and it does provide us perspective on how to look at a year in review and it does provide us wisdom as we step into the next year. And that's what I'd like to do this morning is share some of the Bible's wisdom on how we look at our year and how we step forward. So I'm just going to open in prayer and seek the Lord's guidance as we end 2023 together. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are good and you're good to us and you're good for us. Uh, Lord, I just thank you that you are not surprised by the turns a year takes. Uh, You are not unprepared for what 2024 holds uh, and uh, you do not look back in regret at what 2023 held. Um, Lord, I just thank you that uh, you are above all time. Uh, you are working through history, uh, and Lord, I just pray that we would be able to cling to you, uh, like that. That song said, "You know, like that." We would run to the Father, Lord, that would be holding your hand because you hold time in yours, uh, Father. Just give us, um, yeah, humility and wisdom and discernment as we think about the year that's been, um, and Lord, give us uh, maybe boldness and courage um, as we think about the year to come. Lord, just uh, help us to have uh, a deep seated trust in what you are capable of doing through a person whose life is fully dedicated to you. In your name, amen. So I want to uh, break this message down into two sections. Uh, One is sort of looking back, and one is looking forward. Um, And firstly... Um, And the way that this message is sort of constructed, it's just like bits and pieces. It's not super coherent. It's sort of like whatever is left in your fridge after Christmas Day. There's like bits of this meat and bits of that meat and bits of this cheese and bits of that cheese. That's what's happening right now in this sermon as I was just sort of pondering how we look back and how we look forward at years. But as I was thinking about looking back, I was uh, thinking of what that great 90s band Oasis once sang and it said, don't look back in anger. And I think... For us, there is a tendency to look back in frustration, uh, to look back in anger, to look back in bitterness at the things that have been done to us as the year goes on. 2023 was a bad year because this happened, you know? 2023 was a hard year and a bad year because this person did that or it didn't live up to my expectations. But the Bible has something to say about how we hold Onto frustration and how we hold on to anger um, in Ephesians the Apostle Paul is writing to a church that has some struggles in staying together and the church has some interpersonal tensions and so the Apostle Paul writes to them about how they should be treating each other uh, and more than that about how they are letting their emotions control them and so this is what uh, uh, Paul writes in the fourth chapter of Ephesians it says but that isn't what you learned about Christ Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw away or throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of one body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So in this context uh, the passage is speaking about how we treat each other but it also speaks to this deeper deeper level about how we let our feelings and our emotions control us and then also they open us up to the devil influencing our lives. Do not let uh, do not anger sorry do not sin by letting anger control you. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry because it gives a foothold to the devil. It allows the devil to have an influencing say in your life. So scripture is telling us that anger in our hearts is for more than one day. So if you end a day still feeling angry and bitter and resentful, for more than one day is letting sin control your life. So what do you think it does when you hold on to anger year after year as the clock turns over to 2024 and you start the new year holding on to anger and resentment and bitterness if holding on to anger for a day is a foothold for the devil in your life what does it mean if you're holding on to it as you step into the new year and the thing is the unfortunate thing is that we like to hold on to anger whether we want to admit it or not we we like to hold on to anger because it feels like a justified response for when life, uh, to life, when things don't go the way that we sort of assume or, or hope they will go, we feel like anger is this appropriate response, and so we allow ourselves to just sit in it and hold on to it and become familiar with it. Anger seems like the appropriate response uh, to the way you were treated, you know, when your plans fell through. Uh, it seems like an appropriate response to. Uh, the way that you, know, you kept getting hit with setback after setback after setback in 2023. Uh, the way you couldn't just catch a break and you couldn't keep your head above water this year. The way that your relationships just sort of kept falling apart one after the other. The way that you sort of just fell out of sync with your friendship group. The way that mo- the money coming in never seemed to match the money going out. The way that your health never recovered. Uh, The way that people kept setting these expectations and these bars that were just way too high for you. Anger feels like this reasonable response to these situations. Anger and resentment and bitterness feel like a suitable response to these situations in life. But the problem with anger is that it is a negative emotion that takes a negative toll on your body. And on top of that, like it also breaks the unity between you and God's design for you. Anger hurts you as well as hurting those around you. Anger, bitterness, resentment actively work against the presence of God in your life. We read that the fruit of the spirit, so if the fruit if the spirit is in you, the fruit that it produces is love, joy, Patience, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those things. Anger works against the fruit of the Spirit. Anger eats away at joy, at patience, at gentleness. Anger poisons the water. And I know that the calendar sort of ticking over into 2024 is this sort of made-up thing. Like it's this arbitrary thing. It's a 24-hour period just like any other 24-hour period. But I wonder if it is not helpful for us to think about how do you want to step into next year? Do you really want to step into 2024 holding on to this feeling of contempt, the unenjoyable feeling of anger and bitterness? Do you really want to drag that baggage with you into another year, knowing what it does to you and knowing what it opens your heart up to? If you ask yourself, do I want to start 2024 in a spiritually healthy and even a physically and an emotionally healthy way? Do I want to start 2024 in a spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally healthy way? The answer would obviously be yes. Yes, I want to start the year. I want to start 2024 in a healthy way. And it really is that black and white. Anger leads to sin. Anger that resides in your heart for more than a day opens you up to the influence of the devil. Anger leads you away from producing the fruit of the spirit in your life and it is unhealthy and it is harmful to you. Um, There's a saying from Lao Tzu that says, if you do not change direction, you may end up where you're heading. If you do not change direction, you may end up where you're heading. If you do not repent and turn away from anger that has been living in you this year, it will still be in you next year. The anger that you're holding on to today will be the same anger that you're holding on to tomorrow unless you change direction. And anger never comes by itself. It never goes to the dance solo and it's often accompanied by forgiveness or better yet, anger is often accompanied by the lack of forgiveness. And when you think about forgiveness, there's usually three directions that it goes in that we need to be aware of. There's the understanding that you are forgiven by God, that you need to understand that God has done the work for your forgiveness. There's an understanding that you need to forgive those who have wronged and hurt you. If we don't have the mind of Christ, then we need to have the character of Christ and we need to work in the direction of forgiveness. And there is an understanding that you need to learn to forgive yourself. There's this uh, wonderful story written by John Bunyan. It's uh, quite old now, but it's called The Pilgrim's Progress. And in it, the main character, whose name is Christian, um, uh, uh, it's an allegory for Christians. Um, it's very quite obvious. Um, like there's people there called like, you know, Mr. Workhard and Mr. Well-to-do type of thing. Um, but anyway, uh, so the main character, Christian, he has this huge burden on his back that he carries around with him everywhere as he goes on this great trek. And there's this misconception that the baggage on Christian's back is a representation for sin, and that sin is burdening him down. And there's a point in the story when he treks and he finally makes his way to the foot of the cross. And in that moment, his baggage just falls off his back. It says like it just falls off his back, and that baggage just rolls away, never to be seen again. But that baggage that Christian is carrying with him is not actually sin in the story, but it is the shame, the guilt and the doubt he feels because of sin. Christian was already forgiven earlier in the story, but the reality of that forgiveness had not yet reached his heart and had not yet reached his mind fully until he sees completely the work of the cross. And so obviously this is an allegory for us Christians that that we have been forgiven. If you are a Christian, you are forgiven. God has forgiven you. And it is a truth, which I guess you'd sort of refer to as a forensic truth in that it is, it is real, it is a reality. But it is not always a psychological and emotional truth for us yet. It is real, but we don't always understand it to be real in all of its fullness. And the problem that happens when this truth hasn't been like, uh, I guess, fully realized in our lives is that we do not reflect the fullness of this truth. We do not ask for and appreciate being forgiven. We do not participate fully in the forgiveness of others. And we do not fully know how to forgive ourselves. I know for many of us, uh, 2023 has has brought some disappointments. We've not always acted in the way that we feel best represents ourselves. Uh, We have been disappointed in ourselves and disappointed in the way in which we have treated or mistreated others. We're disappointed in the ways in which we have actively or passively sinned or settled for less. Um, the way in which we spoke to people, the way in which we acted around them, shutting them out, making them feel less and unwelcomed. The way we let our anger get the better of us uh, as we spoke to people, the way we blew up or reacted out of spite. Uh, you know, and often we are sitting silently holding on to the weight of that. The burden of our sin hangs on our back. And a lot of us have also been disappointed in other people. Uh, People have hurt us. They've caused us to question ourselves. Caused us to question the relationships that we used to hold so highly. And all of this stirs this deep and unhealthy sense of unforgiveness in us. We we hold on to this hurt. Because either we or they don't deserve to be forgiven. And in a sense, yes, yes. That is true. We don't deserve to be forgiven. but forgiveness has still been given to us. Yes, we didn't earn the clean slate. Yes, we didn't fully repay the brokenness that we caused, and yet here we are forgiven because of what Christ has done, the redeeming work that he did for us. Jesus has done the hard work of getting forgiveness for us. Uh, John one nine, uh, sorry one, John one nine says this. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. If we confess our sins, if we honestly acknowledge our sin and our failings, he is able to give the forgiveness and the clean slate to us. God gives us not just the freedom from sin, but also the freedom from the baggage of guilt and shame that comes along with it. I often think of that that, that passage in in, uh, John 8 uh, where you have the the Pharisees and they've got the the lady who's caught in adultery and they throw her in front of Jesus and they're demanding that uh, Jesus cast down judgment on her. And and then Jesus, uh, like a DJ, turns the tables and points out the sinful nature in all of the people standing there like trying to accuse this woman. And one by one, the Pharisees realize the sin that is still in them and they walk away leaving Jesus and this woman alone. And he says to her in John 8, he says, Then Jesus stood up and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? And no, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Condemnation and judgment are, are not ours. They don't belong to us to lay on to other people. It is God's place to pronounce judgment. And when when we allocate condemnation on others, and even even when we allocate judgment and condemnation on ourselves, we are taking the place of God. We are elevating ourselves to a position of power that is reserved for God only. And so for you to step into 2024, choosing not to grasp forgiveness that is offered to you by God. When you choose not to grasp the forgiveness that God is offering you, You are stepping into 2024 holding to hold on to grudges. Stepping into 2024 choosing not to forgive the people who have hurt you. That isn't just foolishness, but it is arrogance. And it is wickedness. You are deciding that you know better than God does. But, if you think that God knows best, and if you trust that God's way is the best way, even if you don't fully understand it, then you must also trust that forgiveness is the best path to walk in as the new year begins. So you can break off these shackles and step into a freedom that comes with forgiveness. You are not condemned. All you who are found in Christ, all you who are believers in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are not condemned. You are forgiven. So let go of that baggage and sin no more. You do not get to hold on to that judgment and condemnation of others, all you who walk in Christ. It is not your place to hold unforgiveness in your heart because you do not have the power or the authority to hold that over someone. Matthew 6 says, uh, as Jesus was telling people how to pray, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Do not let the clock tick over and still be found holding on to sin in your heart. Let the Lord do his healing work in you. And through you, do not bring that baggage that you do not need to be holding and do not have a rightful authority to be holding with you into the new year. And and I guess that's sort of the looking back part. Uh, and with those things in mind, I guess I want us to turn and see what it looks like to be starting a new year well. Um, I, have, I have two things that I would like to offer you that might not be your first picks when you think about starting off a new year. Uh, and yes, there's always like little hints and tips and tricks that you can do like eating better, you know, resting more, exercising more and all that. And if I was to chuck a couple of those tips and tricks your way, I would mention uh, an app for your phone called OneSec, S-E-C, S-E-C uh, and a podcast called Fight, Hustle and Hurry. Um, so that's them up on the screen there. They're they're really good. Uh, this is just little tips and tricks if you wanna have a better year. Uh, so the OneSec app is has a, a free and a paid version, but basically You connect it with all the different apps on your phone and when you go to open an app this thing pops up on your screen and you have to wait like two whole seconds before you get to open the app. And then before you even get to open the app there's this other screen that says the last time you accessed Instagram was 13 seconds ago. Do you really want to open Instagram again? And then it'll also tell you you've accessed Instagram 72 times in the last 24 hours. And so you're like, oh, okay, well maybe I don't need to open Instagram again, again. Uh, And so it does that, and also it stops you from flicking between apps to apps to apps, because every time, just say you're an an Insta, or you're recording your cool TikTok, uh, and then you get a message, and you're like, cool, quickly just read that message, and you've exited out of your app, then you've got to go back into it, the whole thing goes again, and you have to wait a whole another two seconds, and all that sort of thing. And I put that on my phone this year, and it has been just absolutely divine. Like, the amount of times, like I've opened up Instagram, and it's been like, the last time you accessed Instagram was like 92 hours ago. I'm like, whoa, I am improving. The world is healing. This is a good place. And it even tells you, like, how many hours a year you've saved uh, based on your previous, you know, use of the different apps. So OneSec, I think, is a great one, especially for the young people uh, and the people that are addicted to their phone. Uh, And also the podcast, Fight, Hustle, and Hurry. It's not a new one by any means, but it is a really valuable insight into how we allot our time, um, what we choose to see as valuable, um, how we can follow Jesus well, or more importantly, how we cannot follow Jesus well. If you are always in a rush, if you are time poor, if you have no time margin in your life, it is hard to follow Jesus well. Um, And how being time poor can actually negatively affect your whole life, so it's really encouraging It's really thought-provoking. There's also books that go along with it and studies, but it is really well worth a listen Um, My wife and I listen to that podcast. I think there's like 10 episodes I listen to all my podcasts on time and a half speed and my wife thinks that I didn't actually listen to it properly if I'm listening to a podcast about slowing down if on one and a half speed but I just think I'm being efficient, uh, which is godly, I think, maybe, in the Bible. Second hesitations. Um, so, something for New Year's. Let me, let me read you uh, some stuff from Scripture about New Year's. Uh, we're we'll going to read from Philippians chapter 3. And it says this. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. And what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. not that I have already obtained this, or that I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. This is an absolutely all-time great passage from Scripture. It's one of the, the goat Scriptures, and one thing that I want to grab from this is this. The Apostle Paul is writing to this church in Philippi, and something that he, he values and thinks is worth repeating is this encouragement to know Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I want to know Christ. Yes, know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering. And Paul isn't talking about uh, non-believers uh, who are hearing about Jesus for the first time and coming to salvation. This isn't talking about like first introductions. This is an intimate and deep open-hearted relationship. This is a deep knowing that he is talking about. And it's not that Paul wants to know about who Jesus is. He wants to know Jesus. He wants to know Jesus through and and through by having this ongoing and ever-deepening relationship with Jesus. Paul wants to know what it means to have his life changed in the past and his life conducted in the future by knowing Jesus. Uh, Like Paul wants to Wants to know Jesus like like a sailor sort of knows knows the weather, where you don't just like notice it, but you actually understand it. And based on your understanding of the weather as a sailor, it changes what you do. Like Paul wants to know Jesus like that, where knowing Jesus un- uh, changes how he does things. And as we step into the new year, I would challenge you to have on your list of things to do, to know Christ, to know Christ. Because knowing Jesus is not just reading your Bible. It is not just attending church. It is not just prayer. It is not just meditation or any one of these things. It is a reorientation of your whole life to make sure that you are, what you're doing is working towards this goal. Health isn't just food and health isn't just exercise. It isn't just sleep. It isn't just this one thing. It is a life change. And so when we think about knowing Jesus, it isn't just this one thing, but it is a changing of your life's trajectory so that everything you do helps you to know Christ more. And furthermore, it doesn't have a finish line, like it doesn't have an end date where you've completed your goal. It is an ongoing and ever-ongoing journey. You can keep walking further and further with Jesus. And as you walk further with Jesus, you'll become more and more like Jesus. Because knowing Jesus is to be involved in a transformative relationship. The more you know Jesus, the more you become like Jesus. So make it a priority for next year to know Jesus more. Uh, The second is this. To understand and appreciate the place of sorrow. I know that sounds a bit weird, and it is, so that makes sense that it sounds weird. Uh, But I can't imagine sort of stepping into a year, thinking that everything is going to go exactly the way you thought it would. Sometimes a year exceeds your expectations, and that is fantastic. But more often than not, things go in a completely different path than you would expect. And so there's two types of sorrow I want to talk about. And the first is the sorrow of knowing that things are not as they should be, but not the sorrow of defeat. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, since you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, With the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God, first the believers who have died will rise from the graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Things will not go as you want them to. I'm going to break you the bad news. Things will not go as you want them to. Life will not turn out the way you expect. And quite often there are hardships, quite often there are frustrations, there are setbacks, there are rejections, there is even loss in death. And this passage talks about the hope for a believer, because there is more ahead of us than just this life on earth. It is specifically talking about death in this passage but it is letting us in, it is giving us this insight on a crucial uh, bit of insight for anyone who believes in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that there is more to this than meets the eye. Sorrow is fine. Grief is fine. But we must have our grief rooted and grounded in the understanding that this earth is not the start and finish of it all. If we think that this Present place is all that there is that yet yeah, we are going to be smashed with every hard knock that comes our way. We are going to be beaten from pillar to post every time suffering comes our way. But if you have a solid assurance that there is more than just this life, then even the hardship of death can be met with hope in the midst of sorrow, our grief is not a hopeless grief. Our sorrow is not an overwhelming sorrow. This firm assurance that we get from this passage that God will right every wrong. God will heal every broken part. He will lift every trampled soul. Grief, sorrow and grief can be met with a firm hope and confidence that God—that uh, what God will be bringing when he comes again. And the second part about sorrow is that Knowing the place in sorrow in bringing us closer to Jesus. Um, as I read this passage, I might get the, the worship band to join me on stage. Uh, this comes from 2 Corinthians chapter seven. Uh, again, Paul he does he writes most of the Bible. Uh, I am not sorry that I sent you that severe uh, sorry. I'm not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you, though I was sorry at first, for I know how painful to you it was for a little while. Now I am glad I sent it, not because it hurt you. But because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. It is the kind of sorrow that God wants from his people, uh, wants his people to have, so that you are not harmed by us in any way. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There is no regret in that kind of sorrow, but the worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. So... Not only is life not always going to go uh, the way that you assume it will, it's not, uh, it's not always going to happen the way you think it will, not only that, but you will also not live up to the expectations and the standards that you set for yourself and that God sets for you. You will not always be who God calls you to be. You will not always remain aligned to God's design in your life. You will not always uh, be displaying the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit will not always be as apparent in you as you would like them to be. When you deal with people, your your anger, your jealousy, your greed, your your lust, your doubts, your laziness, your deceit, your not-as-it-should-be character, it will show at some stage in 2024. It will happen because we are not perfect and we are surrounded by sin in a fallen world. This is not an excuse to sin. This is just... Uh, an explanation of what goes on. But I want to draw our eyes to the fact that rather than the usual guilt and shame, like in the Pilgrim's Progress Guide that he carries with, rather than the usual guilt and shame that we find ourselves overcome with, there is a better option. That is the sorrow that leads to repentance. It is a sorrow of knowing that we miss the mark, A sorrow that we feel knowing that we didn't quite fulfill our duty or our calling. But it is not a sorrow of rejection. It is not a sorrow of thinking that we have failed God. It is not a sorrow of defeat. It is a sorrow of knowing that we can do better and we can be better. But only through a more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a sorrow that makes us feel like leaning back into the arms of grace knowing that we will find comfort and strength and grace there it is a sorrow that makes us crave the strength that is only offered through the presence of God with the Holy Spirit in us and in 2024 I want to ask you to embrace the lessons that sorrow can bring the reminder that things yes are not as they should be but there is a promised hope of when God redeems and restores all Embrace the reminder that our our Father in heaven is our comfort and our strength and our salvation. And when we falter and when we fall, it is all the more reason that we should step closer to God, not further away. In 2024, we let go of anger. We let go of bitterness and resentment. Do not bring that garbage in to the new year. Let the healing nature of forgiveness grow in your life. Allow God's character to be your character as you learn to forgive and as you learn to accept forgiveness. Do not carry burdens and baggage that God has asked you to leave behind. Let 2024 be a good year for you, not because things go well, but because you have the wisdom to trust that God's way is the best way. God's way in 2024 will always be the best way to start a year.